Hi, I'm Gertrude Keesley, and this is Kingdom Consciousness. Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come, Matthews 24, 14. Before Jesus returns to set up his kingdom in its final form, the gospel of the kingdom must be extended throughout the nations of the world. In order to preach the gospel of the kingdom, we as kingdom citizens must understand the kingdom of God. Before we can become custodian to the keys of the kingdom, we must first experience kingdom living. In the past, much emphasis has been placed on the life and ministry of the king of the kingdom jesus christ and rightly so but not enough emphasis has been given to the gospel of the kingdom jesus told the religious leaders of his time ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men for ye neither go in yourselves neither suffer them that are entering to go in matthew 23 13. It was this gospel of the kingdom that was the central purpose of Christ's life. He began his earthly ministry by declaring the arrival of the kingdom. That's, you can find that in Matthew 4.17. He ended his earthly ministry by speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom, Acts 1 and 3. In between the beginning and ending of his earthly ministry, the emphasis was on the kingdom. Luke 4.43 says, And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore I am sent. The kingdom of God was the greatest concern of Jesus. His teachings and parables focused on the kingdom. His miracles were a demonstration of the kingdom of God in action. The phrases kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven are used over a hundred times in the books of Matthews, Mark, Luke, and John. We will explore the distinctions between these two. We are told to seek first the kingdom, to pray for it and to preach it. We are told how to enter the kingdom and taught that residency in it requires a new lifestyle. God is equipping his citizens to become kingdom minded so that we can understand the business of the kingdom. We are sons and daughters of the king. Everything about us is royalty, but we must first adopt the mind of Christ in order to understand what that actually means. We cannot have a poverty mindset and expect to grasp the reality of how much God desires for us to prosper. But there is a greater purpose than just understanding kingdom principles. Citizens must go beyond mere knowledge of the kingdom 
to actually experience it and make it the central purpose of our living. So I invite you to come and go with me as we explore this most exciting, interesting, and eye-opening subject. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. This is Gertrude Keasley with coming to you from Kingdom Consciousness. Today we're going to talk about righteous positioning. Righteous positioning. If we were to be honest, we would admit that today most of our lives are out of alignment with the government of God's kingdom. But this is also true of many of those who say they are kingdom citizens. Why is that? Could it be that because instead of pursuing God's priority of his kingdom and righteousness that we pursue things. What we want most in life, peace, quietness, confidence, joy, always seem to elude our grasp, no matter how hard we try. Many of us believe that those qualities can be acquired through the things we possess. We're focused on possessions rather than position. A great disconnect seemed to exist between the priorities of the kingdom and the personal realities of daily experience. For example, many people live beyond their means. Cars that are too expensive for our budgets, Houses we can't make payments on, clothes we really can't afford, all in the name of keeping up with the Joneses, so to speak. We actually spend more than we make. We are neck deep in debt and always seem to end up with too much month at the end of the money. Did you get that? Too much month at the end of the money, which means our money runs out before the month runs out. Are we obsessed with things? Food, water, houses, cars, money, all of these are things. And our pursuit of things are destroying us. This hunger will continue to gnaw away at us so that the more we get, the hungrier we become. It's a vicious cycle. Peace, contentment, and joy can never be known as long as we pursue things. We must be delivered 
from our slavery to things. And that deliverance can only be found in one place. That is in the pursuit of kingdom and the righteousness of God. We must learn to exchange, listen, one hunger for another. Once we believe our hunger for these things will never be satisfied, we must seek another source to make the exchange. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled or satisfied. That's Matthews 5 and 6. How hungry are you? What are you hungry for? Is your hunger for the kingdom greater than your hunger for things? Mm, something to think about. Do you thirst for righteousness more than you thirst for material prosperity? Psalm 37 and 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, if your chief desire and delight are in the kingdom and righteousness of God, then there's no worry, because he's going to take care of everything. The scripture says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now, in that scripture, the, it uses words that mean continuing action. When you say, I'm hungry, or I'm thirsty, you speak of a temporary condition that will be satisfied once you eat or drink. I'm going to repeat that. When you say I'm hungry or I'm thirsty, you're talking about a temporary condition that will be satisfied once you eat or drink. But if you say I hunger or I thirst, then you mean that you continue to be hungry or to be thirsty. Mm, there's a difference. In a kingdom, since the king's word is law, righteousness means fulfilling the king's requirement. Now, a continuing hunger or thirst for righteousness places us in a position to enter into the fullness of kingdom life. Remember now, righteousness is a legal term that means to be in alignment with authority or to be in right standing with the governing power. There's a part that we play and there's a part that God plays. Our part is to obey the laws of the government which keeps us in alignment. God's part is to keep us, God's part, forgive me, is to open up to us the resources of heaven. Very simple. It's very simple. We obey, God opens. We disobey, God closes. Many believers struggle with pinching pennies, trying to make ends meet, but never seem to have enough. No peace, no joy, no contentment. 
that's because they're out of alignment with their government and their access to kingdom resources has been shut off due to sin. Sin interrupts our communication with God and shuts down the flow of his resources to us. Psalm 66 and 18 in the New King James Version says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Iniquity is another word for sin, but it refers to specifically to it refers to a an um an individual sin. And I'm sorry, it refers to an invisible sin, sin that you cannot see, such as greed, envy, lust, and hatred. Invisible sins are secret sins, but they give rise to visible actions. Now, if we hold no secret sins in our heart, there will be nothing to give rise to visible sins. Matthew 5 and 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. This literally means that these are the people who will see or experience God in everything. The word heart here refers to mind, our mind. So if our minds are pure, we will see God in everything and in everyone. But we must choose the path of righteousness and be in right positioning with regard to a king's requirement. In other words, we must be in position to receive his favor. Right positioning places us under the protection of the king who will preserve us even when the wicked are destroyed. Psalm 37, 28 through 29 says, For the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. They will be protected forever, but the offspring of the wicked will be cut off. The righteous will inherit the land, and dwell in it forever. Isn't that a beautiful promise? Not only will the righteous inherit land to dwell in forever, but that land will be covered by a peace and security that the world knows nothing about and cannot understand. Further, we see in Proverbs 13.22, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Glory, glory, glory. If we are righteous, we will enjoy the fruit of peace because we're not living for the pursuit of things anymore. Our insatiable hunger for things robs us of peace. In this sense, peace means the absence 
of frustration and worry. Think about it. Is this you? Do you have the peace that passes all understanding? Unlike religion, which focuses on external things, life in the kingdom of God focuses on inner transformation that manifests in external ways. Paul reminded believers, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, because anyone, anyone who served Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men, and approved by men. That's Romans 14, 17 through 18. Now, one of the fruits of right positioning is that we please God and receive the approval of others. When we are pleasing to God, he causes the approval of people to fall upon us. So you see, there's no need to focus on pleasing other people. I had a friend who's no longer with us, but she used to say to me, Gertrude, I thank God that he has delivered me from people. She would say it with excitement. So what she meant was that she didn't live for the approval of people. She lived for the approval of God because she understood once she had the approval of God, he would cause the approval of people to fall on her. People approval does not necessarily mean that they like us. It could mean they see a righteous and an honorable quality in our lives that they can't help but respect. And they see a calm and joyous demeanor in the way we face everyday life that they can't help but admire and envy. Our righteousness brings pleasure to God and elicits the respect and approval of people no matter how grudgingly it may be, talking about that approval. Therefore, we see righteousness as the primary key to kingdom living. God bless you. Until next time.